Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Horton. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome back to the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. You can check it out at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Find them on Twitter at BroadwayTN. This is Jonathan. You can find me at JB on Broad. Normally, my co-host is Ryan. You can find him at Ryan on Broadway. This is a little bit of a different show, though. Normally, it is the Coach's Corner with an ES. This one is the Coach's Corner with an apostrophe S. It's a little bit of a one-man show. Sometimes life gets in the way. Still got to make do. You got to adapt and still thrive. So uh, we're going to deal with the punches that come our way and make do. It may have a little bit of a shorter show, a little bit of a different feel. Going to try not to preach at you, but at the same time, we're you got to fill the airwaves. So as always, appreciate you being here. So the Titans obviously go into this week against the Jags, or go into last week rather, against the Jags. Um, that's a team that has all but quit. Um, you've already got firings there. It's uh, They're competing for not a playoff spot, but the number one pick. You'd hope that the Titans go in there and take care of business if they're truly this team that is going to compete for a Super Bowl. And maybe for the first time all season, other than maybe the Bills game, they, they do. They go in there and it is a relatively boring game. And let me tell you. This is a team that needs that boring game sometimes. Like I know as fans, people really enjoy that uh, excitement that the Titans bring, especially on offense and and how they can uh, every single game is something. Well, sometimes that starts to wear on a team as well. It's something that you just sometimes have to have those games that aren't necessarily exciting to watch, but you, you kind of put your foot on the throat of a lesser team. And that's what they did. We've talked for weeks, myself and Ryan here on this show, talking about how the defense sets up this small margin for error. And it, it's it's tough. It's tough to overcome. This is a game where you see that the Titans didn't play perfect. You had dropped passes, you had failed fourth down attempts, but ultimately you still had a runaway victory because you're just a better team. And the Titans truly showed that. And this is the first time that I think they've done it. You you go into it and I make the joke all the time about how you know you, this team should win by 10. This team should win by win going away. But even, even in their wins and their losses, everything is going to be closer than maybe either they deserve or their opponent deserves. That's the nature of this team. They're a bipolar team. Um and it was nice to see them actually take advantage of that. And some of it was for them playing better. Uh, some of it was from the Jags being terrible. I and mean, you talk about what you see on defense. The Jags overall had an absolutely atrocious game plan coming in here. We've talked for weeks about how the, you know, the, the book is out on how you beat the Titans. It's being willing to be patient and march down the field. Teams that are willing to do that have had success moving, moving the ball on the Titans. The Jags came in and decided they wanted to attack the Titans down the field, and that was a little curious as as far as your coaching game plan. Um, that's not how you ultimately beat the Titans, other than the big pass uh, against Cleveland last week. Uh, that was a situation where uh, 
they've done a really good job of keeping the game in front of them to to their own demise a lot of times being the Titans because that's where you see them give up these conversions because they're so determined not to give up the ball over the top. Well, the Jags went in there and said, okay, screw that, we're going to do what we do. Um, This is where, and I'll get to this later, talking about scheme over uh, adapting, and that's what you saw happen. They play right into the Titans' hands, and to the Titans' credit, even against the Cleveland game where they gave up a ton of points, they've been doing a better job of stopping the run. David Long, I think, has done a pretty good job since he stepped in there of coming up and attacking. And so you've seen a lot of situations where while they may be giving up yards, it's definitely been through the pass and these short, shorter gains. Um, and the, they, they still did a pretty good job of stopping the run in this game. Robinson got away on a couple on, on one big run, but overall, the Titans for the last few weeks, you go back against Cleveland, they've they've really slowed down that run game. That's a vaunted running attack that Cleveland brings. So. Kudos to the Titans for taking care of business, but we're going to put a little asterisk there because the Jags are bad, and I don't just mean on the field. They're bad on on the coaching staff. If they bring back Doug Marone, I'd have lots of questions, and you know, there's always the jokes about Jags not having any sort of fans. It'd be hard to stay interested in that team if they actually trot back Doug Marone after this season because I don't see how you go into that game with that game plan against the Titans, seeing what you've seen. This isn't a defensive juggernaut. I mean, literally, you go in and you watch film, you see how other teams have been attacking the Titans, and you should do that. But they decided they're not. They're going to go a different route. Um, obviously, there are questions, and that's the reason that Gardner Minshew has had some success against the Titans, because what he does well is these underneath throws. Uh, I just don't understand how you go into that game and attack the Titans the way they did. So, you know, kudos for the Titans for being the better team. They win that game either way, and they win that game going away either way, probably. But I did not see the Jags giving their team the best chance to win, and that's Great for the Titans. Disappointing if you're a Jags fan. I don't think there's going to be too many people crying about that in Nashville. So, what do you do when you move on to the next week? Again, you're going up against a not great team. A better team than the Jags when you look at the Lions and what they bring to the table. They're 5-8, and eight, but they're dealing with quarterback issues. It's something that when you look at how this team projects and attacking the Lions and then moving forward... It, is this team getting better? Are they getting hot? Are the Titans getting hot at the right time? Are they continuing to improve? I think defensively they are improving. The biggest thing, and this is this is my coaching point of the week, and, and that is you hear it said all the time, is it scheme or is it players? This is a symbiotic relationship in that you have to have a, a team that plays cover two every single play is going to get beat. Uh, a team that has terrible players is going to get beat. You have to have a solid scheme meshed with good players to be, really be a great defense. I I think everybody would agree that overall, the Titans' defense is more talented than what they have put on the field. That goes back even before injuries. What they got out of Jadevian Clowney, say what you will about the uh, lack of ability to finish sacks throughout his career, you still had more productivity every other season except for this one. So what's really going on? I think one thing that continues to manifest, and I there, this is I'm, I'm going to be stuck on this one example, but I think it's something that they don't do a good job of putting their players, the players that they have on the field, not the ones 
ones that maybe they had they had planned to have on the field, but the ones they have now, I don't believe the Titans are doing a great job of putting those players in the position to succeed. One of the big jokes that you always heard about whenever Terry Robisky was around was, I'm going to run this play because I saw a hole. I'm going to keep running because I saw a hole. That's great and all. There may have been a hole there if all of your players execute. Well, at some point you have to say, if the players are not executing and they continue to not execute, are you asking a player to do something that he cannot do? And that's a problem that I continue to see. Look, I get, you, you can say what you want, and I know you want to be this team where you're going to have this uh, scheme multiplicity where you're going to try and keep teams guessing. And I think you can do that to, to an extent. That's the nature of what you do. But when you have Harold Landry dropping back in coverage, I'm sorry, I'm just not doing it. There's You don't have enough talent on the edge position with all of these injuries and misses in free agency with Vic Beasley to justify dropping Vic Beasley or dropping Harold Landry into coverage. There's too much of a talent difference with who's going to be rushing the passer. And so you, you got Des King to be your slot corner. Let him be your slot corner. I'm fine with a blitz getting mixed in there if you're bringing extra guys and letting him play some. But if Harold Landry is dropping down the field, he played, he, he, he's covering, um, Jarvis Landry last week, he's dropping into coverage this week. I'm sorry. I think at that point where you're at as a defense, you've got to be willing to adapt and understand there are just certain things you can't do and you have to adapt to it. So for me, I think that this is a team that, yes, they are playing better. And I do think when you get guys like Christian Fulton, when you get guys like Adoree Jackson back, that's definitely going to help. But there, you have to be able to put your guys in the best position to succeed. And for a team that has been allergic to sacks, you go and look, they're on pace to be one of the worst teams ever when it comes to actually sacking the quarterback. You you can't afford to take your one guy at the edge position that can actually get some pressure. Now, don't get me started when Harold Landry missed Mike Glennon on a free rush. Like, if you're not finishing Mike Glennon, of all people, if you're getting juked by him in the backfield, maybe it's just not meant to be. Just chalk it up. You're not getting sacks this season. But I still like Harold Landry over any of the other guys coming off the edge. And if you're dropping them into coverage, you're just not doing yourself any sort of favor. So I think this is a team that needs to get back to the basics, not just necessarily on the field, because I think they've done a better job tackling. We've talked about that. When you tackle better, you're in a better position uh, the way that they play this, because they're okay giving up that underneath stuff. When they start missing tackles is when you start seeing just teams march up and down the field. They've done better with the basics on that on the field. I think they need to get back to basics on the sideline. Stop trying to out-scheme your every single thing. Let Harold Landry rush the passer. I, 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 pulling him off that pass rush at all. Like any sort of play, I think, is an egregious mistake. I, that's a guy that needs to be rushing the passer. If you're going to play him every single down and not give him t- any time off, let him rush the passer and, and get his uh, money's worth there. So that's my coaching point of the week. Scheme cannot be better than the players. You've got to be able to adapt to the players you have. Titans need to do a better job of doing that, in my opinion. I think you saw it early on in the year with the secondary, where they were putting Jonathan Joseph in positions that he just could not do it. Well, that's fine. If you're asking him to do that, that's a coaching error. Um, So I think they've adapted to that a little bit better. I think they, they... 
will get some players back that fit what they want to do, and that's going to make the defensive secondary play better. But ultimately, the defensive coaches have to do a better job of putting the players that they have in positions to succeed. So I know we said we were going to talk about Detroit. We're going to talk about Detroit now. Um, This is a team that uh, the Titans should be better than. Uh, When you talk about if they're getting better going into the playoffs, uh, this is a team that's dealing with quarterback issues and that Matthew Stafford doesn't look like he's going to play as of Tuesday evening. looks like you're going to get the Chase Daniel show. Now, the thing about Chase Daniel is uh, I know you go into this game and you say, okay, they're facing a backup quarterback. Well, other than a few games, as we talked about, they, they play down to some opponents and they make it tougher than it has to be. Well, Chase Daniel actually does, he doesn't have a great arm and that's in some way, shape or form can play into what the Titans have not done well in the secondary. And that is they haven't shown that they're going to get up and press receivers because they don't want to give up something easy. And it's very easy for a coach to go into this game and say, look, this is an offense that can't, uh, isn't going to be able to sustain it without their quarterback there. They've got injuries. They're not an overwhelming rushing offense. So it's easy for a coach to go in and say, okay, we're going to play back and I'll give up the big play. Um, and they'll beat themselves. And that may happen, but if you're Chase Daniel, you're not a guy that's gotten by, by throwing bombs over Baghdad 60 yards. So, you're okay as a veteran guy taking those underneath plays. And so I think the Titans have to be prepared to actually move their corners up and make Chase Daniel throw it over the top because that's not what he has done well well in his career. So I'm fine if the Titans go into it with a very conservative defensive game plan, but they have to be willing to very quickly adapt. And that's another thing they haven't done well this season is they have one plan of attack and it takes them a while to change it up. And so I'd like for them to go in and if they want to do the conservative, we're not going to get beat over the top. But if Chase Daniel starts completing those passes underneath, which I think he is capable of doing, you have to be willing to take that away and take your chances of them going over the top. Because look, your offense should be able to score points against this defense. This defense is terrible. And that's even before you had Jeff Okuda uh, being out. They've got injuries all over the place. It's something that the Titans should be able to score points. Just give up some sort of resistance on defense, and I think they should be able to pull away from it. And so I think whenever you look at the the Lions, this should be a game it's very easy to also look ahead if you're a player. Um, You got the Packers game coming up. Obviously, that's the hardest game left yeah, I don't want to overlook Houston either in Week 17, but they're they're a team looking towards the off season. But if you sleep on a division opponent, you know that that can get difficult. But I think it's pretty safe to say the Green Bay Packers are the best team remaining on your schedule, and really going to be the litmus test left for the Titans as they go into the playoffs. So. Are they really just that team that's okay, can beat some teams? Um, I don't want to say okay. I mean, they're a good team, but not a lot of good teams win the Super Bowl. Great teams win the Super Bowl, and the AFC is absolutely loaded. The Titans are a team that has proven that they can play with the best in the conference. They can also lose to any team in the conference. They lost to the Bengals. They made the first Jags game very difficult. And so it's it's a situation where you can't sleep on any sort of team. And that's unfortunate because this is a game that if, if you win the game against the Bengals, if you win the game against the Browns, that uh, coming down the stretch, you're looking for those opportunities where you can rest some guys. Um, and this would be an opportunity for that. Not just just week 17, but do you need to play Derek 
Henry for 25, 25 carries? Do you need to have A.J. Brown out there or Corey Davis out there for every single snap? You'd like to have those opportunities where you can get a big lead and rest those guys. But the margin for error for the Titans to win their division is very small. And that brings me to an, the, the next sort of topic. How important is home field advantage in these playoffs? You have very little fan support, obviously. They're not filling out stadiums here. And so is this a unique situation with how you approach these games? Yes, if you want that home game, which would be extremely important in most seasons, I'm not sure it's as important this season. You don't have as much of an advantage in those away games because you're not having to deal with those crowd noises. We've had lots of great moments this season where you can hear the players talking on the field. Well, there's something to be said about that. And how you approach these last few games, especially for a team that has been so injury-riddled, I don't think people really appreciate how hard they've been hit by the injury bug this season. And so... I mean, look, we're going into week 16, 15, and you're still talking about your number one corner getting out there for his first game. Uh, You have nothing really from your entire rookie class. These are games you'd like to get those guys some snaps, get them in. And I'm not sure that you approach these games. Look, conventional wisdom is, yes, we have to win this game so that we can win the division. If it's between me getting some serviceable snaps for Darrington Evans, Christian Fulton, getting those guys ready to play, and a Dory Jackson, really, just getting him back into the fold, I'm taking some risks here. And I'm not saying you throw a game or whatnot, but it's not the end of the world if you don't win a division. Fans are going to hate to hear me say that, but I think that may be a short-term loss for a long-term gain. If you can get some experience by getting some snaps, also getting Derrick Henry some rest. I know everybody's talking about he needs to average 150 yards to get that 2,000-yard mark. Well, that's great. It was awesome when... To, when, to see Chris Johnson accomplish something that not a lot of guys have uh, in rushing for 2,000 yards. People don't remember that they were playing him so hard and, and feeding him the ball so much because they were already out of the playoffs. They weren't having to worry about those kinds of things. So that's really what the team rallied around. The Titans have to, or the Titans will have to balance that idea of personal gain for team success. And I think if you ask Derrick Henry or anybody on that team, a win's a win in playoffs or playoffs. The tight, there's been a whole lot more 2,000-yard rushers than the Titans have Super Bowl wins. And I think giving Derrick Henry some sort of rest, he's a freak of nature, he's a cyborg, but he is, I know I just said he's a cyborg, well, he's not actually a cyborg, he is human, and he's going to need some rest at some point. Maybe that's the offseason. Maybe I'm wrong about that, and you never doubt the anomalies. I don't want to judge him by other running backs, but at the same time, I would like to get him some rest. Take some of those snaps off. Um, give Get him fresh going into the playoffs. Don't be in the situation where he starts to tire out when you need him most. And I think with you having a third round running back that's coming off injured reserve, th- this is what you kind of had those moments for so you could give him a little bit of a break. I think you need to do that. And so, I'm yes, I'm saying that wins down the stretch aren't that important. 2,000 yards are not that important. No, and I, I, I would love to see both of those things happen. I'd love to see a Super Bowl more. 
And so if I'm a coach, I'm approaching it very cautious. Yes, we are going to go, we're going to try and give our team the best chance to win, but it may not be with our A-list players because I'm I'm willing to sacrifice some of that to give them some rest because they haven't had a true bye week. Their bye week that they had because of COVID was riddled with drama, which is still just as taxing. Getting these guys fresh and manufacturing a bye week would be great. This is a week going against the Lions where I think you should be able to do that. So if it's the second half, sorry for your fantasy teams. Uh, I'm not I'm not playing those guys if I can get a lead there. And the Titans need to be a good enough team that they can do something like that. And if I'm Houston, yeah, I'm looking at the offseason. Um, but I may not win the game in Week 17, but I'm still going to try and play a little bit of a spoiler by making you earn it going to the playoffs because I don't owe you anything. I owe you nothing. Uh, I may not be able to take away a division title. I may not be able to keep you out of the playoffs, but I can sure have a lasting effect by making you play your hardest in that Week 17 game. In a season like this, I don't really care if I'm the coaches. I, I don't care about that game. I have one goal, one track mind. It's getting to a Super Bowl and winning it. And I think... Yes, going on the road may be a little bit tougher, but it's not the same as it ever as it has been any other season. And so I don't think that you necessarily have to be a hosting a game. You're going to have a tough road regardless in the AFC. I, I'm not sure that having a home game here or there, the Titans can beat any team on the road. They did it last year. Uh, I think they're better positioned on offense to do things. I think Kansas City is great, but I do think they're more vulnerable than they were last year. Um, so I'm not. I'm not going to push it. Not going to push it. You guys can roast me on Twitter. You can. You can, you can come find me again at JB on Broad. Uh, this is. These are. This is not conventional wisdom. I like to think outside the box. Uh, and I think you approach it a little bit differently. Uh, Vrabel's a little bit of an, of an old school guy, so I'm not sure that he will view it the same way. In fact, I feel pretty confident he will not. Um, but if it's me. If it's me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to set my team up for success, and only one team gets a bye. I'm going to make sure that I'm as close to that bye as possible because um, you're not getting the actual bye that, that looks like the Chiefs will end up pulling out. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I know it's a shorter show than we've typically done. I, we typically do some sort of uh, prediction. Like I said, I think that the Titans should win this one going away. I think the, the Lions have everything about them to say, hey, let's get to the offseason. We're dealing with injuries. Uh, you're, you've already lost your coach. This isn't a team that seems to be rallying around their their interim head coach. This, uh, so I think Titans should pull away in this one. I, I think they need to pull away in this one and be able to rest some guys in that second half. You got a big game coming up next week against Green Bay. Uh, people on Twitter, oh, we got to focus on the Lions. That's true. That's true. But me st- sitting in this seat right now, I can say you got a big game coming up next week, and they need to be able to uh, move on to that as quickly as possible. So. So uh, I, I would say the Titans win by 10 and well, they'll be on to Green Bay and we look forward to going down the stretch and seeing what this team can really do. So that'll do it here. As always, you can find all of our great material at broadwaysportsmedia.com. You can find me on Twitter at JB on Broad. Uh, find Ryan, who will be back next week, I believe, at Ryan on Broadway. He's putting out some great stuff, by the way, for some um, breakdowns of plays each week. Uh, so that's some great stuff you can find there on Twitter as well. Also does our offensive all 22 breakdowns, which for this team, that's the fun one to do because this is not very fun to do the, uh, the defensive one. Sorry, Bill. 
Sorry, Superhorn. I know that's not necessarily fun this year, but appreciate the great work and the great content that we put out there each week. And uh, you can find everything on Twitter at BroadwayTN as well. As always, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, hopefully it's another victory and we're not talking about yet another letdown game. This is a team that's been prone to do that. Appreciate it and we'll see you next week.